we are calling this our title insurance 101 show where Monsoor is going to talk to you about subject twos, wraparounds, anything deed related, how title is conveyed from the seller to the buyer and so forth. So stay with us and you'll learn a lot about the whole title insurance process. I hope you join it and please subscribe and hit like on our show, share it with everyone and we'll see you on the next one. Thanks. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Renovating Riches. We're bringing you another show this week, and this is going to be a very, very good one. It's going to be very educational for people that are out there starting out or, you know, even running their business and are dealing with title uh, insurance and all those things regarding title. We have here with us today Mr. Mansoor from Transact Title here in Houston. How are you doing, Mansoor? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me out here today. And we're also joined, of course, by our co-host, Mr. Ricardo Rosales. And I'm going to start right now to, uh, I'm going to get on the, on the right foot, basically, by telling you that you need to go to Renovating Riches Radio, subscribe, go on our YouTube channel, go on our Google's uh, Stitcher, uh, Google Play, uh, iTunes, yeah, every, hit every, like. Every, hit like, share, comment, five-star review. reviews, five stars. If you don't do five stars, then you can go look at and uh, listen to somebody else. Um, <laughs> that's, that's, that's what we want to do. We do this. We're taking time from people like uh, Mansoor who are very busy um, in order to provide value to you and so you can learn and go and grow your business. And today's going to be about real estate, uh, and it's going to be about legalities in real estate. And we brought an expert, somebody that actually owns a title company. And and um, this is one of those subjects that a lot of people don't talk about. Because it's a very hard subject. You know, you get deep into, you know, Look, legal stuff I've and, been and jargon. And I've been in real estate for about 13 years now. And you still don't get it. I still, <laughs> uh, there's a bunch of stuff that title companies do that we do it because, okay, they tell us we need to sign here and there. But... At the end of the day, I don't know what that means, you know, or why they do it a certain way. Well, let's welcome Mansoor. Mansoor, thanks for being here, first of all. How are you? Uh, not bad. Uh, I appreciate you having me out here today. Yeah, so Mansoor is with Transact Title. Make sure you follow them as, as well. I'm pretty sure they have a very active Facebook page and you're all over the social media. So why don't you tell us a little bit about, you know, where they can find you in... Sure, not a problem. Uh, I'm um, <coughs> My name is Mansoor Chaudhary. I'm with Transact Title. My email address is uh, Mansoor at Transact Title. That's M-A-N-S-O-O-R at Transact Title, T-I-T-L-E dot com. My phone number is 713-429-5436. And I'm available usually at our Galleria location, but we have a number of offices here in the Houston area, Houston, Katy, Sugarland, Woodlands, and the Galleria. So make sure to reach out to them if you're in, especially in the Houston area. Yeah, They'll a lot, be of, a lot of people, we know. get the question. Who do you use for title? Do you know uh, 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 a title company that's investor friendly, right? Let, you know what? That's a, that's a, that's good, a great term. good place to start. Mansoor, what exactly would you say defines a, an investor friendly title company? <coughs> That's a loose term that's been used a lot in, in this marketplace. <laughs> it's a loose cannon. Uh, loose it cannon. is. And, and I tell everybody, you know what, um, it, it can be a misnomer at times. I know that other industries, uh, title included, throw out the term investor-friendly. Uh, the way I term un- investor-friendly, the way I think that the investors look at it, is that A, we understand where the investor is coming from. 
okay? But that's not the only thing. You have to understand the model of the business and your underwriting should accommodate and be cognizant of where the investor is trying to do and how to accomplish it. It's more real world underwriting, okay? okay? Uh, so that's where, you know, some companies say we're investor friendly, you know, they can wave hi, I'm, I'm friendly to investors, but that's not the only thing. Your underwriting should be almost specific to how to uh, look at the investor transactions. That includes doing sub twos, uh, doing wrap transactions. Um, you know, some title companies say investor friendly, but they don't do wraps, they don't do sub twos. Correct. You know, most yeah. of them uh, don't. They, they, yeah, so, some, some of them think the investor friendly means that you're going to put out a title very quick. You no, know, no. like two days you're going to have title no. commitment. And some, some people think investor friendly is uh, for the investor that's buying a property with 20% down. Oh, yeah, we yeah. take investors here all yeah. the time, right? They're taking yeah. investors that are buying properties with 20% down, which is the normal way of to somebody acquire, to yeah, acquire like a rental, a rental property. Um, when really, that's not the case. The, in our world, investor-friendly is just what, he's, wh what he explained, which is doing, doing subject twos, wraps, assignments, assignments blind huts, uh, things of that nature. And, and we can go... I don't know how deep we're going to get into details because, you know, I, I, we know Mansoor is a very, very busy person and we don't have we don't have like three hours to have him here. But let's start with um, what does transact title does for these investors? You mentioned things like subject to, you know, wrap. Uh, what is it? Wrap. Wrap around. Wrap around. You see, uh, you, these are things that are not very easy, you know. And, and and we want to try to get the message out to our, our our audience, you know, people that are starting out. Let's start with the 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 very basic question of why you need a title company. I mean, why can't you just like like a car? You you own a car, you want to sell it, you find a buyer, give me the money, give them a piece of paper that says, you know, uh, what is the title of the car, and you're done. Why houses can be bought and sold the same way? Okay, the the most the that's actually a very good question. Uh, one of the m several important reasons are there as to why you want to use a title company, whether you're in the state of Texas or anywhere in, in, in the actual country. The title company provides a function. There's two functions. One is uh, title, to convey the title. One is uh, we do the research uh, and uh, give the insurance. The other component is the escrow component, where we hold the money as a neutral fiduciary for and we protect the interests of all parties. That includes all lenders, uh, buyers, sellers, realtors. So you have to have somebody who's going to be fair is going to handle the money, right? Yeah. So that's that's the center point. Uh, so the, that's where the component is uh, as to why you want to use a title company because you want to buy a property where you don't have an issue once you get conveyed that uh, grandma's illegitimate heir shows up out of the you know from 40 years ago and says I have an interest in that property because what the title company does will go back. Uh, you know, many, many years. It could be, you know, 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, 30 years, whatever it may be. And look at each of the transfers that were done at the sales to make sure they were done properly. Correctly. Yeah. Okay. And then once we know that that's been done, there's no other easements, heirs, IRS issues, anti-terrorism issues, things of that nature. Then we'll say, okay, here's the commitment. Uh, and we can insure on this transaction. 
and we guarantee that nobody's going to come back. If there is an issue, we stand behind it, and our underwriters stand behind it. The other part is when we get the money, then we handle the distributions and protect everybody, that everybody's going to be paid off, that's supposed to be paid off, and then we insure on that as well. So for the state of Texas, the title insurance rates are regulated, so the wherever you go, it's exactly the same. You, yeah, you pay, uh, the dollar amount is the same. Right. What basically, and correct me if I'm wrong at any time, just stop and correct me. The difference basically the service that that title company is providing you. Absolutely. Because the dollar amount, it's pretty much going to be the same across the board because it's regulated. Absolutely. So I tell everybody that, you know, what to me is important, is, is very important, is that, you know, uh, title companies get very busy because it's a very hectic, fast-paced environment. The most important thing is, uh, you know, for example, for us, and it's a pet peeve of mine, you need to respond to phone calls and emails, you know. Yeah. If not, that's grounds to be terminated. You know what? Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that, Mansoor, because uh, we actually left a couple of title companies just because of that. Right, and and that's important. I mean, to me, I tell everybody, I tell my staff, you know, a lot of title companies, you know, we're all victims to that. I'm not saying we're not, and I've had staff members do that. Well, you want to email, email, email. Sometimes you got to pick up the phone and uh, call somebody to, and you can get a faster response. But, uh, you know, we don't sing, we don't dance, is what I tell my staff members. Mm -hmm. uh, the, what they I have to I, do. You know what? That, we need to what, write what's that down. What's the quote of the day? We don't sing. If you don't sing, we, you don't dance. We, I like that. So the only thing we have to offer is service. <laughs> yes. And, and that's bottom line. We're, we have to be customer service oriented. If not, you know, you can't be in business because you need an update. You need to know what's going on to move the transaction Along. Yeah, and, and, and the reality is that, and this is my experience with title companies, I'm almost sure that these agents are getting hundreds, if not thousands of emails a day, and yours can easily get lost in that, you know, sea of emails, and sometimes you, you just prefer to pick up the phone, it, it's going to be a 30-second, you know, call, oh. you know, like, hey... Is there anything I need to do on my site? No, we got it under control. Okay, thank you. That's how, it. Or I mean, how do I fix, like we had yesterday, uh, with another title company that mm -hmm. we work with, um, we had an issue where uh, one, of our, one of the properties we're actually assigning to another buyer, it's got a, a, the lady inherited the property, or she didn't inherit the property, her husband died, passed away, right. but her husband had a daughter prior to the marriage. So now her daughter needs to be a part of the sale or needs to did it over did to it her. over to her her portion of the deal, right? And the mom has passed away? No. No, no, no. She's alive. She's and the one selling the property she's to us. She's the one selling the property to us and we're assigning it. Uh but uh we thought we were closing today and they're like, uh uh, we gotta get this paperwork done now by the daughter who lives in who knows where. Um to convey her interest over. Correct. Correct. Um so and those those are some of the things that you're like okay can i get pick up the phone real quick to make sure i can talk to a title company and say hey what do i need to do do i need to track this lady or do i need to help no we got it we already tracked her down she's actually becoming part of the sale right so she's signing all the paperwork out we're submitting everything back to the to the um the underwriter that way he can do the affidavit of airship and then we can close on it and it's everything is clean but sometimes sending those things by email 
Yeah, you know, I, it, I'm up things for get lost in translation. Yeah, that I'm all up the time. for technology, and I think we, you know, it's great to have text messages and emails. But when dealing with title companies, I I feel like I still need that phone call to get things, you know. At done. least to tell us where is that. You know, yeah. hey, this is, we haven't received title commitment. Okay, th thank you. Boom, that's it. Done. Okay, well, let's go back to what you just said. So basically, the the two purposes of the title company is to hold the money or you know do the escrow, escrow part. Right. You know, because when you're doing a transaction, and this is very important for uh, newbies out there, never. Well, oh, this is this is our practice. I think it should be like a norm, but uh, some people do it different ways. But never give money to a, a, a particular person that's selling your property. Try to always always go through a title company. Because what happens is that if there's something wrong and you need to get that money back, it's easier to go through the title company and say, hey, the transaction didn't go through for this and this reason, and there's normally some paperwork that needs to be filled out, but the money is there. It's being held securely by the title company versus the other person might say, yeah, I'm going to hold it. And sh first thing they do is they go shopping. Uh, That's a very good point. <laughs> I see that all the time. Spend the whole money. And then when the transaction can go through, say, okay, that's fine. Just return me the yeah, earnest the, money. The contract said it was non-refundable. Yeah, but only if the title wasn't clear. Okay. But the title is clear right now and you're not returning my or, you know, you're not returning my money because I gave it to you. And, you know, and the title company is pretty much they're they're tight. You know, yeah. they mm -hmm. can't. They can't do that. Uh, they can't give money that they don't have. They didn't collect. Yeah, absolutely. And that's a very good point. I see a number of those issues. I'm seeing less and less now as investors are, are becoming more savvier. Savvy. Yeah. yeah, so you don't see that as much. But I do see it several times a year, probably a couple dozen times a year, when people are giving money directly to the party uh, and you know they can't get clear title or things. Oh, where's the money, Johnny? Well, I've already spent it. You know, I don't I'll have it. I'll give it to you next month when I close on another yeah, house. Right. I mean. Don't do it. You know, go through a title company. So that's one very important. Yeah, if, you, if you're um, an investor and you're buying a house off from a wholesaler, uh, most for the most part, whole, the wholesalers are the ones doing this. Mm -hmm. um, reputable brokers and people that got it, they work. You know, they are within the guidelines. They strictly work with title because company, they yeah. they they know that they have a license that gets at risk, um, and you know, we are wholesalers. And we don't take money from nobody. We nope. just say, go to Transact Title, go to whatever title company we're working with at the time, and you're going to put your $3,000 earnest money there to the title company. Yeah, make the check to the title company. Put the <laughs> GF number, because there is already right. a file open up on it. If it is non-refundable and they couldn't perform, the title company should release it to us. Mm -hmm. uh, but if uh, we couldn't deliver a clear title, then it goes back to the buyer, and yeah. it's simple. So that's, that's the... You know, one of the uh, main reasons or main, uh, you know, points of existence for a title company. The other one that Monsieur mentioned, it's that they do the conveyance of, of title. And, and the reason it happens that way is, you know, using the analogy of a car, it's because a car normally doesn't get inherited from person to person. It lasts, you know, a short period of time. But when you're dealing with real estate, it's permanent. It's going to last I mean, it, it was created at one point by whoever you think created it, and it's there. It's going to last forever. It, it, it's not something that disappears. So there's a track, right, a history of how that piece of property, at the beginning it might have been, you know, the entire United States, and it was divided into colonies and then into townships, and it keeps, I mean, it, it, the, the land keeps being subdivided, and every time it subdivides, it changes ownership, 
that has to be recorded. Absolutely. Correctly. And, and, and that's why the transfer of real estate, it's completely different from like the transfer of, I don't know, your car or a boat that you're selling to someone. It, 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 there's more into it because it's just uh, something that has been transferred so many times. I will keep being transferred. It will never disappear. So good. So what exactly does the title company does? I mean, you mentioned you go back in, in history and you look at all, I mean, how all these transactions have gone through and make sure that nothing was, I mean, no step was. No step was, uh, was done. And also to make sure that um, any, all liens were paid off, recorded, releases have been there. If there are any judgments that have been all been cleared over the years past. Uh, and on top of that, you know, we will also go back and look and search. Okay, so-and-so died um, at, th at that point in time. It could be two or three transfers ago. There are no other heirs that came out after the fact or during that time or were missed. Yeah, a, a missed child that would say, hey, that <laughs> I think this money. property, this property belonged to my great-great-grandparent, right. and, you know, it was never... And people come out of the woodwork after the fact, yeah. you know, because uh, in this state, you don't, they have the option, which is uh, very different than uh, all the other states, that you can possibly potentially avoid uh, going through probate uh, and go through the airship route. Uh, so title companies do that on a daily basis. I mean, we do a lot of it because uh, uh, there's a lot of dead people. Can in you explain County. a little bit about that difference right. between what, what probate is and then what filling out an affidavit of ownership right. and when do you use what? Right. Most people, you know, when they go through probate, you know, they do or do not uh, have a will or they may not have a will. Well, you go to the judge, you file for probate, and the, and the probate judge will decide how the distribution is going to be. There are certain rules that are already in place mm -hmm. that said, okay, wife has, uh, a spouse has, uh, is a higher tier, has precedence, and the children have an allocation uh, that, that gets distributed according to the probate. The probate will then uh, assign an executor that will oversee that. And when the sales happen, you know, the judge may sign off on it. Okay, I authorize this sale. Or say, okay, this is the way the distribution is going to be. This probate is closed out, uh, and the executor is responsible for following the will and the, and the judge's orders on the probate. Okay. Okay. And the other alternative is if the probate has not been initiated, uh, and uh, we can identify who the heirs are, and a disinterest of the title company could go down and uh, create documents and conveyance documents and, uh, and affidavits that say these are the known heirs. So based on this, the spouse gets this interest, the children get it, and we record it and transfer title without having to go through probate. Okay. It's uh, a lot of investors, uh, you know, some of the best deals you get, on this, let's actually face it, are are where people have been deceased and there are probate issues. Yes, they're hairier to deal with, but that's your, some of your best margin properties as well. Yeah, they take longer to, to yes. process. Uh, we have one right now that we've been sitting on for, I don't know, Forever. seven or eight months, uh, probably longer than that. And, yeah, it was after Harvey, so uh, it's probably going to be a year now coming up <laughs> soon. And, and it's a probate, and, and you know, it, it takes a long time, but it's worth the, wa the wait, you know? Yeah. Um, and uh, we've also had some good ones on, on divorce. When people are getting yes. divorced, they're really, <laughs> you know, they're actually, <laughs> we have one. That they're actually motivated. But look, we have one that, bec uh, and I'm not going to get into addresses or anything like that, but we had a property where the, the couple were, was uh, getting a divorce. It was a flooded home. Mm -hmm. And the husband offered the wife to buy out her portion of it. Um, 
for I think it was seventy five thousand dollars. And she's like, Nope, we're gonna sell this thing and split it in half. So they went and sold the property for a hundred thousand dollars. Wow. <laughs> exactly. So yeah, I mean, you come across some people that it, things that don't seem rational to you, but I mean, they have their own way of thinking, the way they do, and you gotta respect that. So yeah, well, case, I respect it because she was probably number one. I don't know if she really needed the money or not. Okay, right. Um, number two, I don't know what the husband did to the lady. That way, you know, <laughs> she wouldn't have him let uh, keep the property. So. There's a lot of things that we don't get involved with, it, and, but when we look at it from the outside, it's like, man, she could have just taken that 75 grand and walk away with more money instead of selling the house, you know, right, and splitting, and splitting it. it down the middle for less money uh, because the house really needed a lot of repairs. And so, anyways, we found out after the fact. Once we closed on the property, um, the buyer that bought it from us, because we wholesale right, that one. Right. He's the one that told us because the owner, the previous owner showed up in the property to remove some things or whatever. And he's like, man, can you believe this is what happened with them? And and I was like, oh, I didn't, we didn't even know that. So Pennywise pound foolish. Yeah. <laughs> so um, that's what, what happened on that particular case. So some, sometimes they're just because they're not into agreement within themselves, they rather take less money and, and maybe piss the other person off or whatever just to say it on or, or maybe like you said she di really didn't want him to stay in that property that maybe she was the one who right. built it or decorated it and it's like no I'm not gonna let it. I mean who knows you know when you have a divorce you know it can be uh, it's very heated very emotional yeah. it's very contentious yeah, it's a lot of times you know and they're not ever talking to one another so we deal with that uh, a lot so basically you know you convey the message from one spouse to the other yeah, spouse yeah you become basically. a mediator you an, a mediator and in, in a sense all right well let, let's talk about something um we have a lot of listeners out there that have never done a deal um and and they they're you know listening or watching us and they want to know okay once you get a property under contract what's the next step you know what do they do they just send it to you with some money or or how well, does it, how does so the process so work? basically it the process uh is very simple once you have it under contract and you've got a bona fide contract let's let's stop real quick i'm gonna interrupt you this is we're gonna call this segment opening title 101 by mansoor from <laughs> <you> transact <laughs> title okay uh so and, and, and this is I want to talk about this because a lot of people have, um, uh, before we get to opening title, I want to get to the contract portion. A lot of people are like, do I use a one-pager contract, a three-pager contract, or in Texas where we are in Houston, do we use a three or a, the, the track contract, which is like nine pages? It's ten now. Or, oh, it's ten now? Okay. So <laughs> They just we, added one. We just got updated, okay? Um, so, Mansoor, from your perspective as a title company, Really, what should a wholesaler or a real estate investor should be using? Is it the track or the one pager or the three pager? I mean, it it depends the uh, on the format. I I personally I like the track contract because of fact it's you know it's even keel, but it covers everything that you could possibly think of. Uh, the one pagers are very limited; they don't cover a whole lot basics. It just says we're going to convey title. Typically, uh, right. uh, uh, we'll purchase it when you convey title. It's loose and whatnot. It works. We're seeing a, a lot more and more, but we still have a lot of investors uh, that use it, the the track contract because yeah, they, they, they don't have to think about it. And most of the seasoned investors, believe it or not, just use the track contract. 
uh, most of the mm-hmm. ones that have been doing it for years. But we do see a lot of the newer investors. Uh, they just use the one page. Uh, I mean, I'd love to. I like longer contracts, to be honest with you, because in fact, it specifies a lot of issues yeah. when it comes up. And there's always issues that come up. So, okay, let's look at the contract. The first thing we say is we follow the contract. Any title company strictly has to follow the contract. Yeah. They cannot, that's what you're going to the title company for. Who's going to interpret it? How are you going to enforce it? So we look at that. So when you have a one-pager, and they're not even fully one page, to be honest, the majority of them are they're like three-quarters of a page. Yeah, and the other <laughs> uh, quarter of a page is the signatures. So when you have three pages, that means you cover more detail. The track contract, they added one page. That was uh, back in, around March. There were some uh, modifications yeah. done. So it increases. So to me, that's fine. I have a 60-page contract on a commercial deal. Yeah, they've covered a lot of things. So wow. I, I don't mind it. You know, I've got some pages that have seen 200 pages. It's fine, no problem at all. More detail is better for me. It protects all parties. It right. spells it out. But it, it comes down to whatever you're comfortable mm-hmm. with. Uh, but over time, I, I think a lot of people realize, that, hey, I like using the track contract because it, it It's fail-safe, I guess. For, yeah. for, for us, um, I feel more comfortable talking to a seller saying, look, I'm using the state of Texas. And those forms, that's a very good point that you bring up, uh, Ricardo. Because, in fact, most customers have bought their home with a track contract. They're promulgated forms. They feel, hey, this is what all the realtors use. This is the contract. Nobody's changed the wording in there. Correct. They don't usually typically, and correct me if I'm wrong, they don't have any hesitation when they're looking to sign that, do they? They need have one guy. Just one. All <laughs> years we have been doing this, you know, there's a part r- right towards the end before you sign. It says that you have the right to, like, you know, use an attorney to, you know, verify before you sign. We had a seller that said, oh, it says, okay. It says there I can use an attorney. I want to use an attorney. So right there. After he spent two hours reading line by line. (laughs) Yeah. He went through the entire track contract. At the title company. Because we we told him a lot of times our deals are actually signed at the title company. So we tell the seller, and this is a nugget for whoever is wholesaling out there. You can use this for for your business as well. Mm we tell the the, the, the sellers, look, we work with Transact Title, and they're out of the Galleria. Will you mind meeting us there to sign the paperwork? That way you can ask them all the questions that you may have. And it, it's not all. I mean, when you when you sense they have doubt in yes. what they're doing, then you bring that that card out. You, know, you say, you know what? If, 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 it may, makes you, uh, if it makes you feel more comfortable dealing with us, Let's go to a title company. You can talk to them, ask them who we are, how many deals we close here, that we're legit, we're not scammers, we're not, you know, all that. Because some people are just scared, you know, of what, they're, what they've heard on yeah, the news. Who, and who are they signing yeah. a contract yeah. with, anyway, right? It's not like investors have the best reputation out there, so. <laughs> well, it, I mean, some investors have created a bad name for Everyone. the rest of the good ones that are uh, doing the, a good deed to, to sellers. Um, so when we sense that, they're not so sure about what they're doing. We're like, look, just just come over to the title company. By the way, the title company doesn't work for us. They're objective, just yeah. like you said mm-hmm. at the beginning. Yeah, we have fiduciary duty. Exactly. So neutral. they're looking after your interests. They're going to look after mine as well. So let's just make sure it's all clean. You can ask questions. They have attorneys. They have people there that know the subject. that we're, And so that one particular one that Dennis is talking about, he went to the title company, sat at the conference room, read the entire contract line by line, 
it took him he's he will text me he's like dude i've been here for like two and a half hours this man is reading the whole contract and at the end of the contract where it says you can consult with an attorney <laughs> then he's like okay i need to consult with my attorney oh wow and we're like okay but we're at the title company and he's like no i'm gonna find me my own attorney so he went and did and, and then later on the attorney's like man it's you're using standard this. contract it's yeah fine. the attorney yeah, basically well what, what do you want me to say i mean this is a standard contract uh, what are you worried about so two or three days later he was like okay i'm ready to sign right but um so so yeah that was a good question about what contract to use now once that is once done, you use the trick contract no <laughs> just what will happen is once you have the contract, uh, most title companies, uh, their order department will then uh, input everything in there, and then we'll send out a either, you know, here's your GF number, here's your assigned escrow officer. Do you have to have money attached to the contract for the contract to be valid? Um, if the contract calls for consideration, then you should have consideration. If the contract does not call for consideration, then uh, you you don't have to. I mean, typically, you know, I always like to have make it advisable to everybody. You should have some consideration on it, even if it's ten dollars. That's so what you'll, we do. You will see, you will see a <laughs> lot of contracts. They'll say for even though the money not be exchanged for invaluable consideration of ten dollars, yep. they'll put that in there. So I always recommend that to everybody. Okay. A lot of investors don't put anything in there. Um, but I mean, ten dollars is nothing, right? No, no. Yeah. no I mean, it, it's we we sometimes we put more. Yeah. Uh, you know, it depends. depends. I think it's better to put ten dollars than put zero, or even put a dollar for that matter. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, so you know, it just strengthens the the actual contract. You receive something in exchange for that. Good, good. Okay, so once a a a a real estate investor or a wholesaler got a property under contract that they sat down and filled out with the right. seller, right? What is the next step when they bring it over to you? So we bring it over, deposit the earnest money. We will then give an escrow receipt, uh, send that out. We will also send out an email that says, hey, here's a unique identifier and a good faith number, GF number for your transaction. Uh, and who is your escrow officer? We will open the file up. The escrow officer will start working the file. At the same time, simultaneously, the title plant, uh, which is a very important function, uh, they will then go back and start researching uh, the property and the history for for all of the previous conveyances as well and go back from the beginning typically to, to the end to make sure everything is clear in the meantime the escrow officer will be looking at okay uh once you get the report back uh we will also do a tax certificate order that to see hey what are the outstanding taxes mm -hmm. and then start clearing off the conditions on the title commitment there's uh several parts of title commitment the most important part uh, is um, Schedule B, which is these are the exceptions to the title that we will not be able to insure. All title companies are not going to insure your utility easements or whatnot, wh everything that's a public record that's yeah. you know, that you can't insure on. Uh, and Schedule C, uh, which is important to the title company, is uh, the conditions to close. So title companies say, we will close this upon the completion of these tasks. It's like it's like it's like a checklist of sorts. Exactly. Right. We'll close if this yeah, these things all these conditions things are, are taken made. care of. Right. And you know it could be, hey, this judgment is paid off, this lien is paid off, uh this airship is done, these affidavits are done. Okay, once or these we need receipts that this right. HOA fee was paid. Right. And stuff like that. Right. So then once we clear the escrow officer will clear that, uh and at that point then We'll order the payoffs or whatnot. We will uh, find out, okay, the buyer's information, work with their lender uh, to give them the commitment and whatnot. And a lot of times they'll need extra endorsements 
or they'll need uh, what we call ICLs in short closing letters. We'll work with them to get it to the point of getting the closing table. At that point, we kind of take over to make sure you know everything's buttoned up. Work with all the lenders, the realtors, the brokers, buyers, sellers to put it all together to get it to the closing table, mm -hmm. so everybody can get uh, paid. Uh, the lenders don't typically trust one another, uh, so they look at us and then we pay off any past due taxes and whatnot. So when you get that property, you can rest assured everything's been done. And that title insurance policy is for the life of the property unless you go back and get a refight or, or change title to the property then mm -hmm. it, it ceases but otherwise it's a one-time expense okay. for a nominal expense you've got a lifetime of 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 insurance and coverage not like you're paying life insurance your auto and home policy where you're constantly paying yeah life. every year you have to or every six months you have to renew it so it will last the the you know as long as that person owns that property they'll they'll be insured uh, on the title and then when they go to sale the process pretty much repeats again for the new buyer. Right. Correct. Exactly the same process will will, will actually kick into place. Yeah. Again. Okay. And why why does and that's a great <laughs> business to be in in the title insurance. Well, there's a lot of risk also. You have to keep that in mind. <laughs> I so mean, when you're selling risk. insurance, uh, like every time the property exchanges Change, hands. Yeah. You're selling insurance on something that was already insured in the past, so yeah. But new things can be added, you know, like liens and Agree. stuff like that. Agree, but and if it's clean, you know, that's that's what I was gonna ask. You know, how do you determine how far back you're gonna go? I mean, are you gonna go back to go back to the 13 colonies? You know, when when they no, I mean, on certain properties, Columbus, on you certain know, properties, um, you know. Uh, typically, a lot of times, you know, you'll go back um, minimum 25, 30 years uh, or 35 years even, you know. And some properties where we have uh, doubts, we'll go back to when the state was established to, uh, to that beginning. The 1800s or 1700s. Yeah, 1800s. We, we have one that uh, we bought, and it was a mess. And we're, we're actually in the process of trying to figure it out uh, with the ins title insurance what was conveyed to us because at some point uh, the land let's say it was a, a one acre track right okay at some point the land was gifted to a church and then when the church returned it back to some sort of trust that the, this family had it wasn't one acre anymore it was like half an acre but then the city had it recorded at one acre so now we're like we don't even know how much we got um so now when we got it, we were under the impression that was about 8,000 square feet of land. But in accordance to everything else, it should be something like 13,000 square feet of land. Um, so now that we're going through that deep, I guess, r resolution, it's cost us money on lawyers and things of that nature, um, we're, we're claiming title insurance that, hey, you guys didn't really verify how this property was deeded and conveyed on with the right coordinates in. and now we have two different surveys um, so one survey is showing something and another survey is, is showing the other the older sticks so uh, we're going through some wow yeah, okay, yeah. it is horrible um, and it's it's probably gonna be our next office not next year <laughs> but the following year whenever because i don't want to put money into it right now no. I, you know i don't know if i can build on it i don't know and and you're doing the right thing because a lot of people when there are issues will want to continue the, the the rehab or start building on it. i'm telling don't do anything until you know you've got everything clear because you don't want to buy a headache so i tell somebody you know sometimes you know we're not in the business of buying well, a claim. we already bought the headache i just 
now I need to figure it out. You, you, got, don't, you got tired you of what you, kind of headache I got. Yeah, right? you don't want to. You don't want to keep spending more money right. and go deeper. Into yeah, the because hole. I, I, also the the way the building is, which we have to knock down anyways, um, the building is actually supposedly encroaching the the property in the back. So I mean, it keeps yeah, you want to know? Yeah, you need to know. It keeps getting better, better and better. better. Yeah, it yeah. just keeps getting better and better. But anyways. Um, Going back to, uh, I was I was gonna ask, um, why is it that you know, for example, uh, and again, I'm I'm asking, you know, like you know, the newbie out there, but when when we, you know, submit the ti the contract to the title company, one of the things they do, they order documents from an attorney, right? Right. And for the most part, it's three documents they order. You got a deed of trust, you got a warranty deed with vendor's lien. And you got your promissory note if you're if there's right. you know money being loaned to you you know like from a private lender. W can you explain what those documents are and why they right. need it? Okay, the uh, those are all uh, good points to bring up. Uh, you know the the general warranty deed or the special warranty deed you know will will actually convey the title. So if you've got a lender, he wants to secure his interest in the property. Yes. Right. Yeah. That makes sense, right? So he wants to do a promissory note to say these are the sp specific terms that we are going to have. Interest rate, amortization, acceleration costs, do's and don'ts, everything spelled out for both parties yes. and obligations, more so on the borrower's part, right? Uh, and then uh, at that point, there'll be a deed of trust with a vendor's lien. So on title, on that title that you have it, that's being conveyed to you, there will be, hey, I have an interest in this property, first lien, second lien, third lien position that specifies that uh, for this amount that I'm ex uh, extending to you, I have a claim and a lien on this property to secure the loan that I've made to you. So and if that's you don't where pay, the I can lien, grab the yeah, property. that's where the vendor's lien comes into play right. on the deed of trust. And the vendor being the lender. Right, right, yes. right, right. Okay. So uh, what else, what was the other one you asked? Well, deed of, uh, and to me, it's, you know, I'm, I'm so, not. So the deed of trust is basically conveying the property from yeah, one person basically. to the other one. Yeah, basically, and putting a lien on the property. Transfer the of time. title, right? Mm -hmm. Right. So, yeah, so the title is one thing. Is the title an, an actual piece of paper that? No, that that's a loose term. Uh, so, yeah, that the title itself, when conveying title, you could go back to the deed. That's what's conveying title to you, right? See, that's the part that always confuses me. That if confuses it, everybody. If the title is a piece of paper and then the deed of trust is a piece of paper that conveys the one piece of paper to the other person, I mean... Okay, it, it let's not complicate people <laughs> yeah, there. Yeah. You can stay with your complications. <laughs> I, I will. I'll, yeah, one day I'll understand. No, what you need to do is go back to this video, watch it, and allow months. And all you got to do is pick out the phone and call. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, it's... I mean, it's, it's fairly simple, right? What... Um, what are the documents, the different documents you just talked about? Mm -hmm. Deed of trust, warranty deed with vendor's lien, which is basically securing the property back to your lender if you have one. Uh, if you don't have a lender, then that, that document doesn't exist because you're right. just if you're paying cash. Paying yeah. cash. Right. Um, and okay, let me let me ask you a question. Quit claim deeds. Oh wow. Okay, that's um, title companies in the state of Texas. Uh, will not insure on a quit claim deed right. uh, at all. And in most states, that was very common, even in Texas many, many years ago. Uh, and some states, you still have that. I still see some being used in the state of Florida, uh, for example, uh, quit claims. But in the state of Texas, they don't because of the fact, you know, 
uh, it's not a proper conveyance. We don't insure. And so a lot of times when there is a quit claim deed, title companies will say, you know what, we need a new deed to transfer yes. it over uh, because of fact it's 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 a shortcut, but it's you know it's, to me it's the same amount of effort to do a quit claim deed versus doing a general warranty deed or a special warranty deed because okay. you're not you know getting the complete rights when you convey over on a uh, on a on an actual quit claim deed. Yeah. I was reading a little bit about that when we were doing a special warranty deed and try to understand what exactly what and and you and know, the special it's warranty it's all legal stuff yeah, and the special warranty deed you know a lot of um, when a lender sells a property or REO property or in commercial transactions uh, you'll see where they'll say okay I'm going to uh, they will request or specify in their own contracts that would they want a special warranty deed and 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 the biggest thing the actual difference to make it break it down into layman's terms is the uh, the seller on that special warranty is is you know given a warranty of sorts that during the time of my ownership uh, everything was clean everything was clean whereas the general goes back to whatever title issues are there but I tell people don't get too hung up on that in a mm -hmm. sense because uh, the title company is going to insure so we're not going to issue uh, a commitment or insure on the transaction mm -hmm. well we'll issue a commitment but we're not going to insure on it unless we are satisfied that everything was done uh, clearly and was uh, specified according to our standards and the underwriter standards and then we feel comfortable it's conveyable title to you that's going to be free and clear okay yeah makes sense now the other question that you know most people have out there is and, and I know these varies dramatically from case to case but what would be the quickest that a title company like Transact Title can provide title commitment in order to you know purchase or sell a property like investors for investors that's like critical right, right they want to know if it's going to be three days it's going to be three months so right uh typically we have our own um our own in-house title plan we don't outsource anything in-house policy department uh, you and know, that's very important what he just said i mean can you explain why is right. that important it's important in in several different factors for one of their own resources uh so if we have an issue we can pick up the phone and call our own people and say or email and say hey what's the issue why do you have these conditions on there explain to us further or hey we think this is different can you work with it whereas when you outsource it you're kind of their beck and mercy you know as to when you get back. you're in a queue system i mean we have our own queue system as well uh, for own users, but you know you're lower on the on the pole. So and the commitments, they're all busy because they're doing it for a bunch of title companies. Okay, so you know it, they don't necessarily gonna get back to you within three or four days or five days. So yeah, it may be cheaper for the title company to do it that way, but you know you do lose something in in that in that you don't have access directly to the title plan. Uh, you don't aren't able to get faster commitments because they're only doing it for you so obviously the load is going to be less yes we have our loans but it's significantly less so for example for us um, you know on average that you know it could go up or down uh, is about three days in the winter times you know last year for whatever reason I mean with the title plan uh, was getting them out almost a day a day and a half yeah less transactions too right yeah so it's less it's you don't have that many people moving summertime yeah like the summer summer times get busier even right now we're averaging about three days which is really good that's good, that's uh, good yeah. and a commercial transaction typically five days sometimes less it can come back if it's large acreage tracks that's a lot more uh, time consuming work that takes place mm -hmm. so that's the reason why we're able to get it back 
faster. And, and the biggest thing is you're able to talk to somebody from us for each office that can talk. It's like going to lenders at Chase. You know, you put an application in, people take the application. After that, they can't tell you anything. They look in the computer. They uh -huh. don't know. Right. Yeah, and, and it's a and personalized that, service, and that's a big difference. Again, if you go to like a like a retail title company, most of them outsource. You know, the the examiners are used by everyone, and they're you know they could be here, they could be overseas as well. Yeah, so exactly, and they don't have factors. their own people like what what Mansoor is referring to, like in house people that they can pick up the phone and get an answer. It's more like, you know, everybody's using an outsourced office, like in Chicago, I don't know where, and they're at the mercy of those peoples before they can, you know, provide let, a let, let's, let's, commitment. Let's refocus real quick on transactions, uh, Mansoor. Uh, and one of the transactions that's becoming very popular, or it's been popular, it's just that a lot of people don't know how to do it, is the subject to transactions. Right. Can you explain a little bit on the process on the subject to and, and what makes a a subject to transaction continue to um, to transfer clean, you know, uh, to the next buyer. Right. So what happens on a sub two? That you're a very good point. I mean, I'm seeing a lot more sub twos. It's been around for a long time, mm -hmm. but I haven't seen sub twos until probably the last, you know, couple of years. I've seen a lot more sub twos. I think it's also because they're getting more educated from. Uh, from other investors like yourselves that are educating uh, other uh, potential yeah, We're investors. not educating people. We're just uh, <laughs> <laughs> we're well, not I mean, in that educational no, no, world. No, no, in, in terms of medium with these podcasts no, and things understand. of that nature that people are We talk about learn. it here all the right, time on our show, about sub twos so and reps. It's great. So what happens is basically the seller is going to have the mortgage. You're able to keep the existing mortgage in place, mm -hmm. so you don't mean, which is great for you because you don't have to go out and get another loan. Yes. And it's not on your credit, right? So you keep the existing mortgage and take over the liability of, of whatever the terms may be, the payments over there. We as a title company will then be able to insure on that transaction. There are disclosures that need to be executed and signed so that all parties are, are aware or when you go to sell it if you keep the sub two in place. But uh, we have all the disclosures signed or whatnot so everybody's aware of, of everything uh, from our perspective. Uh, but that existing mortgage came in. So because we know that there is a mortgage that's already in place, you're aware of it, we're aware, aware of it. Uh, that's an exception to title that we're not going to insure because we know that mortgage exactly. is there. But everything else we're able you know, to insure on, so it's standard. It's in a very effective medium to do a sub to or a wrap uh, and to be able to get it closed as well. And the wrap, so uh, because the wrap is happens after the fact of the sub two like sub two goes first right well either people do usually do one or the other sub two or the wrap the sub two uh basically you know both of them keep the existing mortgage in place one is where you know you've got the existing mortgage uh and you're making on the sub two you're making to make pickup payments directly to the lender and start sentiment where the wrap is where you've got the seller's got that mortgage existing the seller is going to then put another mortgage on top it's like you're wrapping another mortgage so you're going to make payments to the seller uh, directly, and then he's going to make it to the bank. If you're on the investor side, okay, uh, which we do a lot of uh, investors, I personally would suggest to the uh, uh, investors that you know do it separate where you make the payments directly to the lender, so you control that process. Mm -hmm. uh, now the benefit also uh, you know with us is because we understand it, we know the disclosures, everything's executed. Uh, we also have a uh, in-house real estate law firm that can con uh, prepare all of the conveyance docs, the loan docs can generate everything for you uh, along with, and you want access to the accounts. So we understand as a title company, like, hey, it's, 
you know, when we order the docs from us, hey, we need to get a power of attorney so yeah, the that's party very that has it so it can get access to the mortgage. Later very to get important. the payoff. Because, uh, you know, a lot of title companies, they will just send it, but some, you know, because of privacy rules or whatnot, will not send it. So you want to have that access to get it because that seller may be long gone. They're a distressed seller, right? right. They're mm -hmm. out of the picture. So you want to be able to have that. Yeah. How to communicate with the uh, with, with the existing lender uh, lender, in case you need to do whatever. Well, that's a, good, a lot of good information, Mansoor. Um, le let's talk about you. Sure. Where do you come from? You know, how sure. do you end up in real estate? Well, like uh, real estate is in my blood. Uh, you know, from the um, age of probably nine or ten, my dad, uh, you know. Uh, was a doctor but you know on the side he always was in real estate so he was doing a lot of buy and holds uh then buy and flips but at that point you didn't have any any of this education uh that was available which now it's so much easier your you know, fingertips fingertips internet this that you know before that is buying hud reo distressed sellers uh you know to where i you know at that point i remember at age of 16 i did my first well at that point I, there was really no terms a short sale it was a usda loan you know so it worked out for them uh at that point now i'm like okay years later just oh that's what they call a short sale well the term came about so it was a natural progression you know in real estate uh and then later uh in life you know i've had other other businesses but on the side i always had some interest in in real estate uh to where i was buying fixed flip basically didn't care for the rental market too much because my dad had a lot of rentals and it was a headache <laughs> yeah was a headache. toilet calls uh, and yeah AC and all that so i was never interested in that people then, didn't pay their rent on time you know we know exactly. <laughs> so then later i got in the progression of i started uh, uh developing land and building uh residential and commercial properties uh that has its own nuances what we're talking about yeah. uh deal with subs and whatnot as well uh, later at, at the end of the day, I, I kind of came to the realization, you know, rehab is a lot easier to do than new construction. Yeah. I did, I, I like the new construction. It's a different animal, but the rehab thing, I, I think it's, it's more steadily available. It's less risk as well. Yes. Uh, so, uh, I kind of continued in it. When I was building, I had a strong interest because I used to buy properties. Uh, lots are always hard to come by when you're a, uh, custom developer, custom builder. So I started buying properties that had title issues, you know, easement issues, the stuff nobody other builder would, would Touch, buy yeah. or developer. So I was like, okay, I'll work that and find that. So uh, over the years I had, you know, okay, they have an easement issue, they have an HO issue, how to deal with that. So then, you know, many years ago, uh, when I moved to Texas in the East Coast uh, in Atlanta, when I moved here, uh, it was very difficult to get a spared entry to get into the industry. Uh, I had an interest of, okay, I, need to, I want to get into the title business because I was, it, it's the thinking outside the box. Now, are you logic. an attorney by, by? No, I'm not an attorney. Okay. Um, you know, I'm a title officer. Uh, and also, we have a 1030 exchange company. I'm also a 1030, uh, okay. an exchange officer, QI, uh, as well. Okay. Understood. But we do have in-house counsel right, as well, right, right, yeah, right, right. that takes care of everything. Good, good. You see, you don't have to be an attorney to own. Not, no, you know? not, no, not in the title business. It's basically the experience and the training that you get. Uh, you know, we have a lot of compliance hours that we have to uh, fulfill and whatnot. So um, in terms of real estate, you know, I tell everybody we're always learning something new. Right. So I talk to other attorneys, they're like, they don't know. So typically most attorneys... We'll pass everything off to the title company. Uh, They're to take specialized, care of. maybe on what they do, and yeah, yeah. And working around outside the box is not really 
uh, something a lot of them do. You know, and in title, there are ways to think outside the box to structure the artillery investors. You know, uh, everything is possibly uh, doable, but it has to be compliant and RESPA compliant. So there's always a way around to make things work and to still be compliant. Mm -hmm. And then that way you have no uh, issues. That's an entrepreneur, in man. You know, that, that's the truth of being an entrepreneur because find a way. you got to <laughs> find a way. We, we were riding around yesterday with uh, somebody that uh, uh, it's shopping age already, and, but he's an entrepreneur. And, 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 and he was driving and, and, and he said, if you tell me to build a car, I will build it. <laughs> I will figure it out. I don't know how to build one right now, but I will go and figure out how to put a car together because that's that's what I do. You know, I just work on 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 making things happen, and that's really the what what you're explaining right now, which is on the title business. You got to look at everything and say, okay, what do, what do we have to? S what is the problem we got to solve? Absolutely. Work around it. Think outside the box, and a lot of like engineers. Uh, Dennis is an engineer by by degree, right? Uh, uh, but he's an outside the box thinker. But a lot of the other engineers I've met, they won't uh, step because there's boundaries that they won't, you know, right. cross or whatever. And that's typically in, within the title industry. You know, we're, uh, you know, it's a very old industry, uh, old way of thinking. So things are changing, and I tell everybody that you have to adapt. Uh, and start thinking creatively and you know uh, uh, a lot of the younger generation they enjoy the thinking outside the box and say okay this is how we could possibly accomplish this and uh, and get the property closed and still be compliant okay so you're originally from from where uh, originally from uh, uh, my dad was from India Mounds from from actually Pakistan I was born here my dad came in the early 60s here. So you're a first generation yeah. uh, American basically right. Absolutely. And you grew up in Atlanta, or uh, yeah, basically in Atlanta. Yeah, I was yeah, born actually. in Atlanta, oh, wow. so uh, go figure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I know Peachtree, right? Everything is called Peachtree over yeah. there. Yeah, everything. Yeah. They got more peach trees over there than anywhere else in the country. And you lived in Atlanta too yeah. for a little while, right? Six so, months. Yeah. So uh, Buckhead and all that. Yeah. yeah. Buckhead is a nice area. Yeah. Yeah. Um, That's so exactly where I used to live, actually. And, and you went to to. I mean, you. Basically, you lived in Atlanta for many years. I moved around. Uh, I lived in Charlotte, lived in Delaware, and other other areas uh, around the country. And I had a consultant job uh, as well, so uh, moved around. And now Houston is where it is. Yeah, yeah. For many, many years now, it's been Houston. My wife is originally from here. And okay. I uh, wanted to move back, and it's been good. I like the dynamics of Houston. I oh, like I the thought you were going to say you like the hot weather right now. It's, uh, the hot it's, weather is an acquired taste, right? It's, it's uh, like 105 here. degrees. And thank God for air conditioning, as right. I have to say. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, earlier when we started the podcast, I, I was sending a message saying, hey, the AC is pretty hot right now. <laughs> man. You guys need to crank that down because it's, uh, it's, it's getting pretty hot outside. Um, so, all right, so basically that sums it up uh on on title 101 man this is a good uh we appreciate you coming oh thank uh, you for having me out can appreciate you enough you know i know this subject is a very deep subject uh people had many questions uh and i think we have been able to cover all the basics and and what is the most important you know for our audience is what is a investor friendly title company i think we have covered that um, I know you mentioned it at the beginning, but can you repeat again? Where do you have offices? Because I know it's sure uh, we have offices in uh, Houston, Sugarland, Katy, and the Woodlands. We are able to close anywhere in the state of Texas. We're okay. able to offer statewide services, residential or, or commercial. Uh, on the 1031 exchanges, we do them all over the country. 
uh, that's under the name EchoCap 1031 Exchange. Uh, and on the commercial side, we do commercial uh, anywhere in the country uh, on the on the commercial side. Okay. Okay. And again, if so you want to get a hold of Mansoor, his uh, telephone number is 713-429-5436. Or his email, Mansoor, M-A-N-S-O-O-R, at transacttitle.com. And we're going to have other information uh, posted on our... Uh, if you're watching this video on YouTube, it's going to be down in the, in the comments area. So, again, we want to thank you so much, Mansoor, for being here. Yeah, and visit their website, tra uh, transacttitle.com. is T-R-A-N-S-A-C-T-T-I-T-L-E.com. I saw that. Uh, oh, I was visiting your website uh, when I met you mm -hmm. uh, a few weeks ago uh -huh. at, at, the, at the REI event that, um, that we're both sponsors of. And um, I went in there, and, and, and you had a, a section on your website where you can check where your file is like the progress of 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 the file and maybe what's uh, can you talk it's like about a tracking it's like yeah. a tracking yeah device. it's like a tracking thing and we're actually getting ready to release next month uh something called paperless closer basically that uh you can pretty much go in and check the status on the file and see where things are at okay we will then post okay basically okay ordered hoa we can check it off and you'll be able to see in real time, now certain confidential information is not going to be right, on right, there, right. but basically you'll be able to get the snippets as to where things are at, or if we want to, we say that there's notes on it, so we can just check it off, so you can see it from the comfort of your home, your iPhone, your oh, iPad, cool. Android device, you'll be able to get it in real time, or even get the notifications, we can have it set up to say, you have a unique user ID and password, so every time something's done, you can even get an email if you want. So that you know things are for the millennials out there. Yeah, <laughs> no, and for even for us, you know, that we we want to know where things are all the time, just so we know what we need to do. Because a lot of the times, it's not that we want to like pressure the title company to give us. No, we need to know what we need to do to right in order to make that file. And close. that new feature is going to be available sometime next month. So okay, you can just perfect. go to the website and click it on, and you'll be able to to get it oh, anytime you, you want. You, I think uh, that that feature is going to bring you a lot of clients um, because they can see where the file is at any given time and um anyways i want to thank you for being here thanks for having me out i appreciate yeah. it um, uh, re remember this is uh opening title 101 so go ahead and check this episode on google stitcher youtube renovatingrichesradio.com don't forget to give us a five-star review you need to hit and subscribe share if you like anything we said on on this show just invite another friend uh, that way they can get the value that we are we're putting together for you guys to go out there and be successful so um, thank you so much for uh, listening and watching this video thank you Mansoor again thank you for, for coming me. in we're, we're probably gonna have to have another one uh, later on uh, uh, maybe more in depth on on maybe talk about different title issues sure. that that people come across yeah. and, and how a title company can help them you know, work around it, what's good to carry on forward or wasn't you shouldn't touch. Uh, but we'll leave that. Uh, if you have a question about any of the show, just send us an email, send us, send us a message, go to our Facebook page, send us a little message, and we'll forward your questions to Transact Title. That way um, they can get back to us and, and or back to you. Uh, do you have a Facebook page? We do. Uh, it's under Transact Title. Transact Title, go out there, hit like and send them a message if you have a question if you need to open title make sure you get that contract uh signed by the seller put a little bit of money in it to make it you know more real bust 
<laughs> take it to Transact Title and um, tell Mansoor we uh, we sent you out there. Thank you so much. All right. Thanks. Thank you, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.